Welcome to the MyFSHD Podcast, a podcast for the FSHD community. Doing our best to simplify the complicated science of FSHD, educating people about the disease, explaining the latest research news, the process of getting treatment to and through clinic, and all of this without asking you for any money. And now, here's your host, the man that's just dumb enough to try it, the man who is destroying his professional reputation by doing this podcast, Dr. Peter Jones. Hey, it's Peter here with MyFSHD, and Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, well, I know, a couple of weeks late on that, and uh, yeah, it's been about three weeks since we, we did a podcast, but uh, I got to tell you, not the smoothest start to the year in the uh, in the Jones household. Lab's doing great um, when we can get in, but uh, if you've, uh, <laughs> well, we're going to tell you what, we're going to gonna pin the blame on our, our FSHD here, um, Kari from South Africa, you know, she came up uh on her winter break you know between actually it's between years i believe in south africa and december they get december off the years more like a calendar year for school and she's in medical school and she came back to uh, reno uh to well to help out in the lab you know we're doing some modifier studies she's running the genome sequencer on some of you trying to get some answers always looking to help out but she's like she she wanted a white christmas and she wanted to see snow and my goodness, I'll tell you, um, she's got like the magic touch because um, the first time she came, things that she wanted to see, we got to see almost everything, including Starlink, shooting stars in the sky. This time she wanted to see a bear. Well, guess what? The bear came by. <laughs> bear came by the patio and played in the snow on Christmas Eve and then um, really overdid it on the snow in the Sierra Nevada record snowfall um it's not necessarily the depth you know 15 feet that's five meters of snow up in on tahoe it's not so much how much snow it's the weight god the water content on this snow is the highest water content in 130 years you say well snow was all water well you know you take it you know the you take a volume of snow it actually can have very different water content. if it's really cold out it's very light and fluffy and so you have a square, you know, a square foot or a square meter of snow can have one, you know, very low water content or can be uh, very, very heavy. And this year we had what's locally called Sierra cement because we're in the Sierra Nevada mountains. And this snow, the water content highest they've on, on record, actually, um, the 130 years they've been measuring, plus the amount of snow. So we got uh, two plus feet at the house on top of the previous foot we had on Christmas Eve. Um, New Year's Eve, middle of the Michigan TCU football game, which was not worth watching too much anyway. All the power went out at the house. Um, the massive, you know, massive uh, snowfall um, took down power lines all throughout the area, tree branches down everywhere. And we were out of power for five days at the house. I mean, other than Hurricane Opal, when it came through Atlanta in uh, graduate school, that was we were out of power five days then. But it was beautiful weather. Here, it was freezing cold, no power. Um, Takako kept the fire going in the fireplace uh, for the whole time. Luckily, we had a quarter wood that I had to dig out <laughs> and, uh, um, because our tarps blew away. And uh, we kept the place going. Um, 
but it was fine. I give Kari credit. She wanted to, she stayed, she had a place to stay, you know, that I'm not sure if it had power or not, but anyway, she stuck with us and uh, did the, <laughs> the camping in the house. And um, we tried to, we, you know, we kind of took turns going into the lab to get stuff done um, because, Oh, someone's got to stay home and keep the fire going. You never know what's going on at the house. Um, no, no electricity at all. We ha- we do have a little, a couple little backup generators, so we did get to watch um, Ohio State lose to Georgia. That was the one bright spot. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, I'd gotten a a, a um, rib roast for for New Year's Day. Um, got the, this is why we never put the grill away. I love grilling. So we grilled in the snowstorm and <laughs> we grilled our rib roast for New Year's and we ate with um, uh, flashlights. Well, we have these headlights that, you know, for like hiking at night. So you get flashlights tap, taped to your head and strapped to your head and uh, good times, man. Good times. And then, oh, and then you also, of course, are, um, well, I don't know. I can keep going on. It was kind of an interesting thing. The springs in the garage broke, so we couldn't get the car out. Um, no power anyway, but with that, with the springs break, you can't lift up the doors very well. We have very large doors. And then, um, and then just had a family emergency where I had to leave town for, um, five days and, uh, go East and, and, uh, rescue my mom from a unpleasant situation. We'll just say that. And, uh, move mom back. So now mom is, uh, back living in our house, living with us. Love having mom here. Um, you know, it's just, uh, really, Hey, we come home now and, and dinner's ready. Um, that's not, I shouldn't say that's, that's not why I like doing it, but she loves to cook. She's a great cook. She's 87 doing great. Um, so mom's living with us. So it's just been a, it's been, it's been a busy, unusual start to the new year, but Hey, you know what? The lab was going, I got to tell you, Brooke and Enrique and Monique have been in lab the whole time. Everyone was in lab. No one else. Well, you know, we live up near Tahoe, up in the mountains. So we get all this hammered with snow. Um, everybody else able to get in the lab, keep everything going. Uh, you know, Carice has been in lab. Um, ah, you know, it's a couple of our, you know, hell, Ning. Ning's from Taiwan. She was, she's been in lab as well. So everybody, um, Aaron, the whole gang have been, uh, been, um, pulling, pulling all the weight for us. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, Kari, Kari's putting stuff on this GNA genome sequencer and, uh, Takiko's doing it through, uh, through FaceTime. <laughs> it's like FaceTime. This is how you do it from home in the dark, you know, the, you know, cause we were able to get Kari in, um, into the lab. We finally got one car out. Unfortunately, the one with two wheel drive. Um, but, uh, anyway, Anyway, so that's what's been going on. That's why I'm late. I'm really I hate to be the type of making excuses, but it was an unusual start to the to the new year for us. Um, but you know, we got it all out of the way. You know, there's always ups and downs throughout the year, and we got all of our our bumps out at the beginning, and 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 we're back and we're cruising now, man. Things are going really good. Uh, I haven't been on Facebook much because well, we're just conserving power and using five G and all off the phones. Um, but some people have forwarded me a number of things. So we're going to talk about, uh, uh, when are we going to get a cure? There's, you know, I guess the new year comes around and promises, you know, resolutions, promises, all these sorts of things. Um, hopefully, uh, taking stock of this, the field that's all taken place. Um, but I, a couple of changes I want to talk about here at my FSHD first. So, you know, when we were established in 2019, I actually um, founded my FSHD as a 501c3 nonprofit. So in the U.S., that means that um, it's uh, um, we're 
you know, a tax-free uh, uh, entity, nonprofit. Any money we would raise would be a tax deductible for anyone donating. Donating. At the time, we really thought we might actually use this to raise money, um, since we were so disappointed with the, the foundation situation. You know, and, and as you've heard, you know, we just don't get a lot of support from some of the the um, big foundations. Um, actually, none, <laughs> and, which is fine because you know. It's, it's reciprocated. Uh, but then I realized that actually raising money is a big pain in the butt. And actually, there are some great foundations out there. And, you know, one of them, for example, like Friends of FSH Research, um, we're going to be up there in a couple of weeks at their fundraiser in, in Seattle. And uh, boy, what is that? I think it's the 28th of uh, January um, in Bellevue, Washington, just outside, just east of Seattle. We're going to be up there. And um, the Carino, Chris Carino Foundation has provided some great funding and, and it turned out, you know, FSHD Global. And, and we've got to realize that, you know, we we don't need to raise money. We really should just be about information and providing uh, unf unfiltered information. Well, that kind of is the rub is that it turns out that I have to filter it. So what you've been hearing the past year is me filtered, <laughs> okay, being very careful what I say, um, because as a nonprofit, 501c3, um, nonprofit, uh, you, there's, there's some complications. You can't be viewed as using a nonprofit, even if you don't raise money, you can't be viewed or come across as you're using it to push any sort of agenda that could um, benefit um, yourself or anyone associated. And that becomes kind of difficult because, you know, we talk about our lab all the time. We're pushing um, and promoting the the research testing done in my academic research lab at the University of Nevada, Reno. We talk about university, you know, and, and you could make the case, I suppose, that uh, that we benefit on some level. You know, we don't, our salaries don't change. Nothing financially changes. Um, but, you know, I don't know, just, it just raised the possibility for hassles. Um, the other part of it also is, you know, um, several, well, actually one entity, people associated, um, have suggested uh, uh, suing me for, um, I, let's see if it's, is it libel or is it defamation? One of them's written, one of them is verbal. It doesn't really matter because we only tell the truth, which is why they don't do it. They just threaten you to shut you up, but it can actually, um, and I dare them to, you know, if I say anything that's that's um, false, come after me, please. Um, I beg you to um, let's have it out and get the truth out there. Uh, but, um, you know, it actually puts the other board members at my FSHD at risk. Of course, we have a board where we had um, um, Takiko Jones was on the board. I'm um, Jenny Hessenjager and uh, Danielle Eaton. And we made up the board of my FSHD and, uh, you know, we had meetings. We did everything. Also, I had to pay for a lawyer. I had to pay. Um, and all of it came out since we didn't raise money. All the money came out of our pockets. Um and it still does the money for filing. We still have to file a tax return. I still have to have a lawyer um, address issues as they come up. We have our uh, website. You know that all is none of it's free. It's all being paid for, but it's all being paid for directly out of most of it out of out of our pockets. But you know, all of all the board members put some of their own personal money in it again because we don't raise money through my FSHC. And so again, I realized that boy, it's just actually a, it's a money sink. Um, in the sense that uh, if we, so I, you know, I talked to my, <laughs> last time I talked to my lawyer and re, and we voluntarily dissolved the um, 501c3 organization. So we are no longer, um, there's no such thing as the MyFSHD nonprofit anymore. 
um the board you know there's no board there's nothing all it is now it's just me just me rambling on now i say that but you know you know jenny hessenyager brad carice takiko everybody out there yager everybody's still here nothing has changed there's just no formal association there's no formal entity we're unincorporated and anything i say that somebody's um, unhappy with well it's just me and again i we only want to get the truth out we're not going after and we only want to get the truth out about everything and if we ever say something that's incorrect i would hope that people would just call me and, and correct me this has already happened one time of course people don't have the I don't know what we're allowed to say anymore. We would say they don't have the stones to call me directly, but they pass it through the grapevine. And um, eventually it gets to me that, you know, this was incorrect. And um, and uh, and I'm, I'm more than happy to correct it. The last thing we want to do is be one of those that's out there putting out um, misinformation. We only want the real information out there. But now I don't have to be filtered. I can actually give you my full opinions on things because... Um, well, there's no way to, there's really, there's no conflict of interest potential. And I don't think there ever was, but I did, I, like I said, I was always very careful at the way I phrase things just because of the concern, um, especially talking about our labs research. And, you know, we also, we have a company called Renogenics. Um, again, we're just, you know, a bunch of stupid academics out there um, doing a company that's driven by science, which certainly is not the way that um, most companies are done. And uh, they're mostly run by finances. And uh, so we're slow and steady and doing science. But, you know, again, I had to be very careful because promoting and discussing the science from my academic lab that is um, going to go to clinic, the renogenics, could could have caused potential. Some people could have raised flags about that and say, hey, you know, you're using your nonprofit to promote your company and therefore you're profiting from it. Well, <laughs> Trust me, we're not profiting from anything. It is a, you know, it started, you want to lose some money, start a company. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? You're your own boss and it's great. Um, because yeah, that's the main thing you control. We're looking at return on investment with Renogenics as a cure for FSHD. Okay. That's the return on investment. And as my friend Eric said, curing a disease or providing disease mod truly disease modifying therapies is good business ultimately is good business where we go sideways with the other with companies is people that um make great profits when they actually don't do anything to modify the disease okay um when they're driven by uh financial engineering which i believe is going on quite quite a lot in the biomedical space for sure and I believe some of that's going on in the FSHC space. Anyway, so that was kind of some of the things. So actually, nothing has changed in the format and everything. The website's still there. Um, we're not a. We're just no longer a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, you never sent money to us anyway. But I can tell you where to send money because you know what? If you like, if you if you do appreciate um, what my FSHD does, and you want to support the research testing. Um, you can uh, fund us directly through um, the Peter and Takako Jones Lab website. Um, we have a Give Now button. It is uh, fully tax deductible and 100% goes to research. You can uh, donate to the Friends of FSH Research up in uh, in Seattle. Um, you can donate online. Hell, go to the fundraiser, um, the gala they're having. It's really fantastic. Great auction items. Um, Rick and Terry Colella have an outstanding organization up there. Chris Carino Foundation. Um, and on the, in the East coast and the New York, New Jersey, uh, area, uh, is a good supporter of us. 
uh, FSHD Canada, Neil Camarda, if you're a Canadian, man, donate to the FSHD Canada Foundation. They are fantastic. They actually, we, I don't know what we would do without them. We, we, you know, our so many, so much of our technology just, just would be, well, we'd, we'd always eventually get it done, but it's about time. Um, and uh, they've really helped speed up the development of our CRISPR program, um, our animal models specifically have really helped with the pig, the FSHD like pigs. Um, and uh, uh, things are going really good. Uh, you know, in Australia, FSHD Global uh, Research Foundation um, is doing a great job uh, getting uh, diagnostics throughout the country for everybody and getting clinical trial ready. That's really what you need to do there. Um, you know, if you're in Europe, there's a lot of foundations around Europe. Um, the ones we're most familiar with, uh, AMI FSH uh, in, in France. And uh, and then, of course, Foundation Ducks is our favorite. Um, that's not a research foundation. That is just providing um, health and wellness activities for uh, FSHDers, the youngest of the FSHDers. And I just think that's really important. Um, to, I think that's a founda fantastic foundation founded by Pierre Lorian. And, uh, and other, you know, um, in Brazil, you have a brave few um, that Fabio has started. Uh, that's again, clinical trial readiness. Not sure what the formal organizations are actually throughout the world. Um, it's funny, there's this thing called the world, the world FSHD Alliance or something like that. We're the only ones who are truly worldwide and, and we got nothing to do with it. And part of that's because, well, <laughs> when someone, um, I, they don't want us, so. When I say they don't want us, I mean the boss doesn't want us. And that's really, that's just fine because well, we don't want them. Anyway, but there's a lot of foundations. Whatever country you're in, you're probably going to have even just a Facebook group that you can deal with so um, and work with. But if you want to know, we can connect you with a lot of people. It's really fantastic. All right. So um, so the questions that were coming up are that I've gotten. So, you know, even, even though we... <laughs> It's pretty funny. Even though we still don't have power, I was still able to do some Zoom calls with people around the world. Um, yeah, it is actually amazing technology now. We, as long as you got a cell phone, you can grab the internet through 5G no matter where you are. And um, even in the dark, we're able to do some uh, some calls and answer some questions by email. And what we got is P the number one question that has been going around, and this has been on message boards and emailed to me and everything, is what's the deal with this therapy or cure by 2025? And people are very confused by this. And so I just want to provide some clarity on that. Okay. Um, first of all, I got nothing to do with that. That ain't me. That is a marketing ploy by the FSHD Society. First, it was promising you if you write them a check, they'll have a cure by 2025. They've, you know, when I think someone finally looked up the definition of a cure and now they backed off and said treatments by 2025. Um, just so, I mean, it's a marketing ploy. Um, yeah, it's great to have a target and that's what you market around as a target. Um, this is not coming from me. I've had people tell me online that on my, on Peter's podcast, he says that we're going to have a, you know, remember I'm reporting what other people do. I got no idea. Um, where they came up with this, how they came up with this. Um, I suspect a few years ago when they, I, I do remember the very first time I was at a, a patient meeting in um, uh, either Los Angeles or San Francisco. And when Mark Stone said that, my head damn near exploded. I can't believe you're making that kind of promise. But again, it's marketing, fundraising. That's really what it's about. Okay. It's not about science. And so um, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, if we want to have a goal, let's have a goal. Hey, let's have a cure tomorrow. Hey, that, you know, wouldn't that be better? That'd be great. 
Um, I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how that anyone can promise it. You know, you set goals. Chip Wilson with the solve FSHD, I believe he's picked 2027 as their goal. And that's not a promise. They're saying that is their goal. Okay. Um, to have that. Um, I think that's more based in science because, well, we're, we're associated with those guys on some level and I understand how they came up with that goal. But remember, they're not raising money. Solve FSHD, you can't donate to them. They don't take money. That is all Chip's money. Um, remember, Chip Wilson is the founder of Lululemon. He has FSHD and uh, he put in $100 million um, of his own money and uh, started his own organization and they do their own thing. It's not really clear how they're choosing what they fund. I got my own ideas on that, um, and I'm only filtering. Fil I'm only going to filter that out of respect for for Chip, um, and uh, and we might get into that because it's a little frustrating. But uh, um, but I'm not going. Don't 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 pin this on me. You know. So first off, let's get to the first thing. So what is a cure? A cure is return to a healthy state. Okay. So if you have a drug, if you have FSHD, like a lot of you do. And if someone tells you they're going to cure you, that doesn't mean they're going to stop um, pathology progression. That's only first step. A cure is return to a healthy state. Okay. They're going to mean you're going to come back to where you were if you didn't have FSH back to healthy. Okay. That's a cure. Okay. That's a tall order. That's a tall ask. Okay. But I think that should be the goal. And that's our goal. I guarantee you that. That is what we're looking at. That's why we're looking at muscle building technology. Um, that's why the pigs are so important. In fact, that's actually why I was so pissed that um, uh, the lack of vision you got, a, you know, societies out there promising a cure, um, but they have no, they, they saw no value whatsoever in having a, a large animal model of FSHD. Like, how the hell are you going to test if uh, you're building muscle back and, and well, you can go from mice or cell culture and then stick it into people? Seriously? But, you know, that's kind of the mentality. That's why that's why I say they don't have any scientists involved. They do have scientists. I was incorrect about that. They're just not very good scientists. Um, that's fine. It's like me saying, <laughs> Chris always laughs. The running joke in the lab is it's like me saying I'm an ice skater. I can say I'm an ice skater, but I suck at ice skating. Um, <laughs> that's how they do think their science must be. Um, because um, there's tremendous value in a large animal model on both for therapeutic testing for efficacy of drugs, efficacy of gene therapy on something that resembles a human. I mean, a 25 gram, 35 gram mouse to human, uh, that is a huge jump in physiology in um, everything from muscle structure. All these things are just so different in a large animal like you, you're a large animal um, versus a mouse. And a lot of other neuromuscular diseases have had major problems taking things from clinic, going or taking things into clinic um, from mouse studies or in vitro studies. Now, now the FDA doesn't make you do that, but you can, you know, you can if you're if you're in a hurry and you're engineered financially <laughs> about financial engineering and not about science, or there's just not a model available and you're stuck. Um, you go from the mouse into clinic, and uh, and you hope for the best. Um, we generated uh, large animal models, these mini pigs that are about uh, the size of a golden retriever, but they're pigs. They're mini pigs, um, about 35 kilograms, maybe 70 grams. Um, we put in the human FSHD region uh, in multiple different formats to give the best model, and we're currently figuring it out. And the purpose is, one, to have a large animal model for therapeutic testing, but two, because we want to cure FSHD. We want you to get your muscle back, telling you that you're not going to get any worse ain't good enough. For some of you, maybe it is. And of course, if, you, if your alternative is that versus nothing, of course you'll take that. 
Well, you know, for a lot of you, you say, okay, let me just freeze everything right now and say, this is how you're going to be the rest of your life. Not going to get worse, but you know what? You're not going to get any better. Is that really good? Is that, is that what you signed up for when you're writing your check, when you're walking and rolling? Is that what you're signing up for? Okay. Cause that's actually what they're telling you. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, quite honestly, um, we already got treatments. You know that? You know what a treatment is? That's just anything that helps. I mean, I mean, take take an Advil. That's a treatment. Um, you want to get some antioxidants. You want some antioxidants. You want to do a little low-impact exercise. There's a treatment. You know what? Um, you can go to your doctor and you can get prescribed. You know, Dr. Tarnopolsky up in uh, McMaster University up there in, uh, in Hamilton, uh, Ontario, right? He's got a whole program on... Uh, nutrition and supplements that you can, you know, from a neurologist that is tested in clinic, you know, that actually shows some improvement. Uh, you know, over in uh, in Europe, you know, they showed that an anti that the results of the antioxidant trial there, the regimen that was used, which wasn't even complete and done as good as it could be done, had the same <clears throat> level of benefit as the fulcrum trial. Okay, their treatments are already there. You already got a treatment. No one's prom if someone's promising you a treatment, they're not promising you anything. <laughs> that we don't already have. What we really want, you know, are something that truly um, attacks Ducks 4 expression or the Ducks 4 product and truly shuts down the pathogenic mechanism that is destroying your muscles. That's what I would consider to be an actual treatment. Um, and then to get to a cure, we got to, once we stop the destruction, we got to build that muscle back. Okay, and there's a lot of ways to do that. And you need a large animal model to do that. You need many pigs. Well, you could use a dog. You could use a primate. I'm not using dogs. I'm not using primates other than you. You're the only primate I, I'm interested in testing. On. <laughs> you know, it's a, um, you know, that's the ultimate primate test is, uh, is to cure a person, get it into a person. And ultimately, that's what you got to do. That's what these clinical trials are. Um, you are you are the testing primate of, at the end result of the clinical trial. But that's the key. We need to stop the destruction, build back the muscle. Um, that's a cure. Treatments, well, there's already all sorts of treatments that people can do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, people have various things that work for them, don't work for everybody. Um, you know, you know, Tamara Gottlieb um, has got her program running for her family. You can find them on Facebook on the FSHD um, Nutrition Supplements and Peer Support Facebook group. Uh, she has got a regimen that, again, not a medical doctor, not medical advice, but she can tell you what they do with their family. And they've had great uh, uh, success on regaining some muscle strength, some muscle mass and, and, and delaying um, the, uh, the, the window of uh, disease or extending the window of health before, um, before you really get the destruction. So there's a lot of things you can already do. So I'm not really, I honestly, I got no idea what's being promised um, and why it's being promised, but just to be clear, it's not coming from me. Now, one one other thing about that, I'm, I'm I don't know, maybe I just can't do math. Um, I was kind of surprised. I always like to see, I actually scour all the websites of the foundations, all the foundations, and I always like to see what grants they fund. I'm just kind of curious what gets funded because, you know, people tell, well, you know, they're not going to fund the mini pig because they don't have the money or they don't think it's important. It's fine if you don't think it's important. That just kind of validates that you're an idiot. Um, and again, you don't have to agree with me on everything, but to actually think that there's no value and no importance of a large animal model for your neuromuscular disease. If you truly think that, sorry, you're an idiot. Um, and if you're, if you're a CSO, you're really an idiot. You're out of, you are, you are, you're drowning in your stupidity. 
Um, but it all, you know, otherwise, some other people just say they have other priorities. They they fund other things. I'm like, well, what are they funding? And it always just makes me angry. This is when I get ranting and raving up and down the halls. Crease and Takiko have to close their doors. Like, ah, there's Peter going again. I'm raging against the machine because it's one thing to say, hey, we got other stuff to fund. And then you see what gets funded. You're like, oh, my God, seriously? Uh, and I, don't, I, I could go grant. I thought about going doing a podcast where I go grant by grant about um, already been done, zero therapeutic relevance, no path to clinic. Okay, this one's okay. Um, and go through it like that. And I'd say maybe one out of five is actually um, what's something I would actually fund. But again, I don't see the grants. I'm just looking at the at the um, I'm just looking at the abstracts and what's 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 out there. Um, but the thing that really struck me is I got on, I got on and uh, and saw that there was this countdown clock and saying this is when we're going to be done. The job is done right here and right now, as of today, right now, uh, treatment by 2025. Two years, 352 days, 13 hours, 18 minutes, and 11 seconds. All right. Anybody who's asking when you're going to, when, when uh, you can have your treatment, whatever the hell the treatment is, that's how long it's going to be. Okay. That's when you're going to have it. Now, I don't know about you, but my math is this is 2023. Two years is 2024, 2025. This is January 14th. So now we add 352. So that's January 31st. Or December 31st, 13 hours. It's evidently East Coast time um, in the U.S. and the time on all of this. So evidently December 31st at um, at 11.59 p.m. and 59 seconds is when you're actually going to um, have your, uh, your therapy that's being promised to you um, if you write a check. So I don't know about y'all, but, you know, if my mom had said, you know, she says, Peter, be home by 11. Maybe not now. Well, actually, now, <laughs> actually, I'm 53 and mom still says that. Uh, but let's say you're growing up. Your mom says, be home by 11. Okay. Make sure you're home by 11 or you're grounded. You know, okay. Um, uh, and you showed up at 11.59 and 59 seconds and, hey, I'm home by 11. You know, she'd smack you over the head with a newspaper. Of course, they nowadays they'd haul you off with uh, for child abuse. Um, but uh, back, back when I was growing up, you could get whacked. And let me tell you. You'd be home by 11, meant when the clock strikes 11, you dang well, but your car better be in the driveway. You better be, you know, your your butt better be in bed or whatever, um, right? That's what being home by 11 is, being home by. So as far as I can tell, uh, uh, treatment by 2025 means when the clock strikes midnight uh, and it's suddenly we, and all the Times Square ball drops because we're on East Coast time on 2000, welcoming in 2025. That's when you're going to have your treatment. That's what I take. Now, alternative is, well, they just can't. So um, one, one way or another, they can't do math. Okay, so we'll give them the benefit. We're going to say that this this must this is maybe Newman um, from Seinfeld made the clock in his Numenium with his, uh, uh, <laughs> where he's off by a year. And when the new millennium shows up, uh, man, maybe they're off by a year. And we'll, we'll give them the best case scenario and say, okay, fine, fine. By 2025 means actually by 2026. Um, and so that's what the clock is. That's clearly what the clock says. And um, <laughs> I put a lot of thought into this. Uh, let's do the math. Okay. Because people are asking me this all the time. I don't want to start the year out negative, but let's just sit down and do the math really quick. Okay. What's in clinical trial right now? Okay. Fulcrum has lasmapamod in a phase three clinical trial. 
that is being um, rolled out as slow as humanly possible, according to people. I mean, I, I you know how many people, I don't know how many of you out there, but how many people have either tried to sign up for this trial and hear nothing back or have been accepted in this trial and still haven't gotten their, their pills or whatever and can't seem to get started on it. I mean, you would think if you're excited about a, a first personally, it's about time, right? Time is money and time is also muscle, but that's the next thing we're going to talk about. Um, why people are not in a rush. It just seems like people are not in a rush. It's actually a running joke in our lab that um, we were just talking to Chris and Dr. Go just, just uh, yesterday. We're like, feel like we're the only people in a hurry. Now you're going to say our, our company does slow and steady. Well, being in a hurry, you still have to do things solid, be solid on what you do. But, you know, Fulcrum has announced this phase three clinical trial. They started dosing people months ago. Yet you would think that you would ramp it up as fast as humanly possible. Maybe they are. But I, even last night I asked somebody if uh, their niece had gotten in, you know, who has been accepted in the trial, if she's started on it yet. And the answer is no. It's actually they're getting very frustrated um, that even once accepted, they still can't seem to get. I mean, they're just taking a few pills, man, getting an MRI, taking a few pills um, every day, right? Two, two in the morning, two in the evening. Uh, it's not gene therapy. It's not even antisense type of injection. So you, I'm not sure. And they've done it before. This is a phase three. They've already done the phase two B with ADP. Well, whatever. It's going really slow rollout. So let's just say that this is um, fully enrolled in six months by the, let's say in June, it'll be fully enrolled. And um, then it's a year long trial. So that's June 2023. So now June 2024 is going to be when they actually will get the phase three uh, uh, year be complete on the people. Um, then you need, you know, four to six months to process the data. So now we're going to be starting 2025 and we'll have and probably if it works, if everything looks good, you start thinking you might be approaching the FDA and try to get approval, okay? So that can make the timeline, right? And um, you could actually, again, we, there's some variables in there we don't really know, but the Lasmapamod trial, if they actually show benefit, and I gotta tell you, my friends on Facebook aren't seeing much benefit. Um, now, some people are, but others aren't. And I think that is actually what, I mean, it's really, that's the big question. Um, they're not gonna be looking at Ducks 4, so that's not gonna be an issue. So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing, right? Um, you have a drug who's designed to shut down expression of Dux4, and they're not going to look at whether or not the drug actually does what it's supposed to do. It's just going to look for therapeutic benefit. It's kind of retrofitting based on the previous um, phase 2B trial. Found out what, what showed some benefit. And this is going to be this reachable workspace that you do where you see how well you can move your arms and see if you can regain some range of motion or maintain your range of motion. And also looking um, by MRI at uh, your muscle health. And I think actually the muscle, I think that one actually is a great metric for um, FSHD clinical trials, look, um, full body MRI and looking to see uh the pathology in the muscles um that's something you can't fake right you can have a placebo effect on reachable workspace uh you can have um i'm not a fan of that that actually but uh the mri is going to be should be pretty solid look at fat fraction in your muscle those of you if you don't know um some of your muscle actually is turning to fat you're getting fibrosis you get an inflammation and they're going to be able to see um, if your muscles are continuing down this grade versus um, versus being versus stopping, 
um, and uh, or even recovering some health. And so that'll be some good information to have. And I think that's a great metric for any FSHD clinical trial will be um, the whole body MRI. That also, though, you know, adds cost and limits the participants. Um, but, you know, I, I think right now it's the best thing we got going. Um, and so 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 the full caramelized mopamod could make it to the deadline. Nothing else can make it. Okay, it's that that if they're putting a hundred percent on that. Let's look at avidity. And then this is not knocking anybody, not knocking avidity or dying or Mark, any of these other guys, the antisense, but look at avidity, right? First, <laughs> we're gonna see a trend here. Remember, Dine promised to start a clinical trial um in uh H2 of 2022. So did avidity. Um, neither one did. Okay. However, um, Avidity was approved. Their IND, um, investigational new drug application with the FDA was approved and they've been given the green light to do a clinical trial. Um, in two, you know, and they could have started it in 2022, but they didn't. They're, they're, they're supposed to start sometime in 2023, Q1, presumably. This is an antisense. This is a, a biologic that a synthetic molecule that is going to destroy the ducts for mRNA. Um, and uh, this is going to be a, it's a, oddly enough, it's an SI RNA, a small interfering RNA. So it's a double strand RNA. And this triggers a very special mechanism in your body called RNA interference, um, where double strand RNAs um, are trigger a mechanism that go and destroy um, all the RNAs in your in your in the cell that have that same sequence. Okay, this is an endogenous system that you have. Um, it's an antiviral system. It's also a gene regulatory system that's native to your cells. And what they're going to do is they're going to artificially trigger this response to target the Dux4 mRNA. Now remember, Dux4 is the gene um, associated with FSHD. It's a dominant gain of function disease overexpression or misexpression of Dux4, increased expression of the Dux4 gene, which is DNA, gets expressed as mRNA. That's actually the recipe. So, you know, the, 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 the map is in your gene. It gets transcribed into mRNA. And then that is going to go and become, tell the cell what protein to make. And that'll be the Dux4 protein. So Dux4 gene, Dux4 mRNA, Dux4 protein. All of those are therapeutic targets. They're going to target the Dux4 mRNA. If you can get rid of the Dux4 mRNA, you won't make Dux4 protein. The gene will still be on. The Dux4 gene will still be on. Will still be making or trying to trying to destroy your cells. Um, but you're going to kind of prevent. You know, you're knocking out one of the downstream um, key components. Okay. Now the lasmapamod supposedly works upstream and is supposed to shut down the Dux4 gene so that the mRNA is never made. And if the mRNA is not made, then the protein is not made. But um, it does not appear to do that based on their own published data. Um, regardless, uh, so that's what Avidity is going to do. They have this siRNA. Um, it has this, and you know, actually, uh, Dyne has just a different way of doing this. They have an antisense uh, a molecule, which is a single-stranded um, synthetic molecule that will do the same thing. It will bind to the Dux4 mRNA and destroy it, presumably, or stop it from being made in one way or another, stop it from being made into protein. Myracule's the same thing. Arrowhead's the same thing. There are several other antisense companies doing the same thing. Okay, what makes them different? 
the chemistry of these molecules, synthetic molecules, is what's going to make them different. Um, Avidity is the only one I know that's doing this synthetic SI RNA. The others, as I understand it, are single-stranded. And then, of course, you have RNAi gene therapy um, coming out of uh, Scott Harper's lab and, and, and presumably maybe some other places, which will... Um, We'll talk about that at, at some other time. But it's all the same sort of thing. This is all different flavors of antisense. So they have different chemistries, which will be different stabilities. They will have different potential immunogenicity and then different um, uh, permeability into your muscles. Okay, because that's what you got to do. You're going to have to inject this systemically. Um, IV, okay, it's going to be an intravenous injection. I believe it will be actually, I'm pretty sure it is, <laughs> it's an IV injection. Not sure how often you're going to need it and how much you're going to get, but you're going to get need an intravenous injection of this synthetic molecule. It will go throughout your whole body, but the trick will be, how does it get into muscle? And so Avidity has their own little tag that they put on these that will um, hopefully enhance its muscle uptake. Dyne has their own tag myracule has everybody has kind of their 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 own chemistry of the molecule that's proprietary and their own tag that helps this get into muscle because the more you can get into muscle as opposed to the liver the kidneys or the brain or whatever the better it's actually kind of hard to get these into cells um so it's going to be two things it's going to increase specificity to muscle which will decrease the off-target effect which is really good It'll also it should it should increase safety, decrease toxicity. <clears throat> that should be good, and it also makes it more cost effective because, you know, if you if you pump in, you know, um, hundred milligrams of this uh, molecule, and uh, most of it goes to muscle, then you know that's great. If most of it <laughs> if it goes to non-muscle tissues that are not affected in FSHD and don't express Dux4, that's just a waste of molecule. It's an increase in cost, and and causes increased risk. So this is, you know, figuring all this stuff out has been why this these technology has taken a while to go from, you know, this technology was proven. Alexander Believ back in 2011 published on Antisense in FSHD. Scott Harper showed siRNA um, and um, RNAi worked back in 2011, 2012 as well. Here we are 10 years later, and hopefully the technology is finally getting to get to people. Works great in cell culture, works great in mice. No one knows how it works in pigs because when the pigs aren't quite ready yet. Why aren't the pigs ready? Well, because the field refused to make them. And then it took us, once we decided to make them, it took us nine months to gather the funding for the pigs. It's, it's all time. We could have had these things nine months. We could have we could have had the proper tools available if the field, those, um, those people in the position to control the space had any vision. We would have had these made, but people... Their vision is more um, focused inward, I would say. Be, hopefully it'll be polite and say that. Anyway, so this is what's coming, the Avidity trial. So let's do the math. Trial start. It's going to be a one-year trial. This is what's published on clinicaltrials.gov, one-year trial. So let's say this now far fewer people than the um, fulcrum trial. So this is going to be a phase one, two, which means they're only test what they're. So the phase one part means that they're testing for safety. Okay, that's what a phase one is. You're just looking at safety, and normally that's done in healthy individuals. Um, phase two means now you're looking at um, the first um, look at efficacy in a small number of people with the disease. So a phase one, two put together means you're going to be looking at a small number of people with the disease, with FSHD, but it's really only designed to do safety. 
they'll get some feeling on efficacy, but it's really a safety study being done in people with the disease. Um, so it's going to be underpowered. So whatever result comes out, um, it will be informative. It'll be a data point. Um, it's probably going to be a dose escalation study where multiple doses, um, different, you know, different doses will be tested. Try to get some feeling on what's the proper dose that's going to be beneficial for a proper phase two trial. Um, and uh, this is exactly the, the path they're following for myotonic dystrophy. That's the good news is that myotonic dystrophy, um, which is another dominant gain of function, gain of function, loss of function. Basically, you're trying to get rid of something um, in myotonic dystrophy, just like in FSHD. Um, this exact same type of therapeutics um, for all of these companies are basically being run through myotonic first. Avidity just had some great, um, very encouraging data from their Marina um, myotonic dystrophy trial that suggested they can get the molecules into muscle and gave them some information on dosing that will be useful. And so, you know, this is part of the path. I think Avidity is doing a great job, um, uh, you know, systematically and scientifically bringing this forward carefully. Um, and uh, uh, we'll see what's going to happen. But let's do the math again. Year long trial, let's say it's again. Now it's going to be fully enrolled by June. Okay, that means June 2024 is when they're going to start getting those, they'll be able to gather up the data and analyze it. Okay, because it's a year long trial. I'm um, going to be, let's give them four months to analyze, three months to analyze the data even. So that'll put us into uh, July, August, September. Um, 2024 and to decide whether or not they're going to go on to the next phase to a larger phase two trial um, that's properly powered when properly dosed, right? They'll have a dose and a pro okay, so that's going to be another year. So now you're going to be get that thing enrolled um, probably another six months again, I have to apply to FDA. So now um, you're off into 2000, um, that was 2023, 24. Now you're into 2025 and you're starting your trial. Now we're going to give us till December 31st, 2025, zero chance, best case scenario, fast as they can go, zero chance this will be an FDA approved therapeutic by the by December 31st at 11.59 um, at p.m. and 59 seconds, okay? Zero chance this will be an over, that you'll be able to go to your doctor. Even if it works, even if everything is pointing out possible, the math says you're not going to be able to go to your doctor and get this prescribed. It's not going to be an FDA approved therapeutic. That's just, that's just how it is. I'm not, I don't want to start the year on a negative note. I just want to be, again, we're always real. We're always telling you the truth. And that's avidity. Okay. Dying, same path. They're actually further away. They haven't even, they haven't even gotten IND approval yet, as far as I understand it. Um, okay. So what else could be going? Okay. Well, you have, uh, Roche has their, um, myostatin inhibition trial that they announced. Right. Well, what's myostatin inhibition? Well, this is already an FDA approved treatment, um, but it is uh, it is a small molecule that blocks this pathway or this the different components of the pathway. Myostatin. Myostatin is a molecule that you naturally make um, and secrete and it uh, inhibits muscle growth. This is why your muscles just don't grow forever. OK, you just you basically this is why, you, you know, a healthy individual looks the way they do. His muscles actually have a kind of a predetermined sort of size. Um, yeah, you can exercise and you build muscle and you do all of this. But if you if you knock out the myostatin pathway um, uh, genetically or with a small molecule, you just basically get unregulated muscle. You get, hyper, you get hypertrophic 
muscles. Okay. Really big muscles. There are actually some cows you can look online and look at myostatin inhibition online and you'll see these giant Belgian bulls, you know, that are enormous. Um, and that's actually what happens. So the idea is that if you can, if you can trick the cells into not stopping um, the muscle grow, growth and, and trick them into making hypertrophic um, uh, uh, muscles, then maybe that's a, a kind of a way to uh, get around the problems with FSHD. So the, mu the muscles you, that you lost are lost, but the muscles you have, let's just make them bigger. And maybe that'll, you know, now the problem, and maybe that'll be beneficial. Maybe it will. Um, historically, um, it, it's kind of a strange thing. Um, I've talked about this in a previous podcast that uh, Catherine Wagner, who um, is really an, an outstanding clinician um, that used to be at Johns Hopkins, maybe a number of you had seen them. She's now um, head of neuromuscular division at Roche, who's doing this trial. She actually wrote an interesting article a few years ago about the the, like the failed promise of myostatin inhibition because she's been involved in myostatin inhibitor trials for other muscular diseases and they've all failed and none of them have worked. Okay. They kind of work a little bit in mice, some mouse models, they work, some they don't. Um, but it just hasn't been a great, I mean, this has been around for 20 years, 30 years, maybe, I don't know. It's been around for a long time. This idea, I mean, it's one of the, you know, it's kind of a low hanging fruit. Here's this molecule that blocks muscle growth. Let's get rid of that molecule. Hey, you'll grow a bunch of muscles and um, maybe that'll be better. You know, nothing conceptually wrong with that. Just what has turned out is you get bigger muscles that are not stronger. Okay. Um, so, okay, this is going to go to trial and we're going to see what happens. Now, could this make, well, this again would be a potential treatment, potential therapy, another one. You know, depending, you know, since it has already had a lot of safety work on it, it's already a drug that, that Roche has, um, you know, maybe this trial, a year-long trial or longer for, for Roche, let's say they get this thing enrolled and it's, it's rolling. Um, uh, I got I to gotta look and see exactly where they're starting. They may be starting, um, they, they may be able to, to squeeze it in. Um, maybe that one might be able to squeeze if it actually shows benefit. Again, so far now, remember the Acceleron ACE83 trial? That was myostatin inhibition. Um, those of you that were in that trial, uh, it met the metric of um, increased muscle mass, but again, not increased muscle strength and not increased functionality. So you look good. Yeah, <laughs> We used to call this the Billy Crystal. Fernando's hideaway, you look marvelous. Um, from the old Saturday Night Live days, um, it's not how you feel, it's how you look. And if that's what you're going for, then this is what this is for you. If you want to look good, then not feel good. Um, uh, now, hopefully this new gen, you know, the reason um, biomedical and, and I think Roche might be considered big enough to be a pharma company, um, keep pushing this is because, you know, it just, you can keep tweaking the system and keep coming up with better molecules I think they still feel like at some point they may be able to trick the system if they target it just right and just the right way that maybe you will get stronger um, muscles without, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not in, you know, one of the people have commented that I keep saying I don't have any inside information. Um, actually, I got a lot of inside information. I just can't tell you guys. <laughs> so that's why I tell you I don't know anything. Oh, I don't know anything I can tell you. Actually, with Roche, I actually don't know anything. Um <laughs> That's true. I don't, we do not work with them. Um, but, uh, and then for no other reason than they just, they haven't asked. I mean, there's nothing first, nothing against them. Um, it's just, uh, not everybody, um, remember I'm ruining my reputation here, uh, with this podcast.
<laughs> um, it's fine if they had any brain. They would. They, I would think they would want. They would want to use our mouse models and our pig models. But uh, and they're available to anybody. And that, that's how it goes. Well, the pig models are not yet, but they will be if we can ever get them characterized. Um, so anyway, so anything else on the radar? You know, if things are not in clinical trial, uh, they're just not going to make it. There's this, you know, this we're rolling the dice on lasmapamod and maybe, maybe myosatin inhibition, which again, you're talking about things that this is, you know, I hope, honest God, maybe something will come out of the blue. Um, what else? Well, you got, you got Epic Bio. Epic Bio is a company now that, again, they're partnering with the FSHG Society, according to the website. They are a gene therapy CRISPR inhibition company. Okay. Remember, we do CRISPR inhibition, Renogenic. My, my academic lab, um, Carice Hameda, our CRISPR goddess, did the, um, uh, she invented CRISPR inhibition for FSHD. Um, and we are very carefully, um, uh, driving this technology forward on our pace um, with our metrics of success and safety. Um, but Epic has come out, um, and I truly know nothing about them, no inside information, nothing, just what they publicly have said on their um, press releases. They say they're going to clinical trial in 2023. So that's a clinical trial you can put on your map. Um, I don't know if there's going to be one of these <laughs> similar type of problems, but they're going to go to clinical trial in 2023 with CRISPR inhibition gene therapy. Um, could that make the deadline, you know, the end of 2025? Well, let's see if you, that's going to be a very small trial. Likely the gene therapy trials are just going to be a couple of people probably max out at 10, but because of safety considerations and all these with the viruses, um, let's say they, let's say they get that in by, let's, let's say Q4, 2023. Um, although I don't know, they could do it tomorrow for all I know. Again, I know nothing, um, other than, uh, you know, they are some great scientists um, using technology conceptually that works. Um, I got to tell you, in our hands, we actually try to very something very similar to what they've put out there. And again, devil's in the details, but these these small casts, these mini casts fused to DNMT3A, 3L, and CRAB um, did not work very well in our hands, in our lab, as an FSHD research lab. Um probably works in some cell type conditions, but actually in, endot in, in primary FSHD muscle cells that are differentiated and not replicating, which is actually the target tissue of someone with FSHD, it uh, did not work for us. Um, but again, we don't have the exact thing that they have. They're a lot smarter than we are. And so I hope it really, I hope it works because conceptually it's a great idea. Um, but they're going to go to clinic. They've, they've promised it's in their press release. Uh, and uh, this couldn't could possibly just because you're driving to an IPO or anything, could it? Um, that would, you know, that would be highly unethical, but not unheard of. Um, <laughs> that would almost be standard in the field. Uh, but anyway, they're going to go. Could they make it? I don't know. FDA approval. Uh, you'd you'd inject somebody. Let's say end of 2023. Um, check them out for a year trial. End of 2024. Um, that'd be kind of, could you do phase one, two at the same time? Then you're going to have to go to a phase three, um, before you get actual FDA approval, smaller numbers, boy, that, that, you know, now you're into God, 2025 to get actual FDA approval by the end of 2025. I just, I just don't see how the math works out. It just maybe into 2026 that could go. 
again, this is we're talking FDA approval because I'm, I'm assuming what we're talking about here is when can you all go to your doctor, say, I have FSHD, take your CLIA approved test, not your MyFSHD test, not your Jones lab epigenetic test, but a official CLIA approved lab in the US. Now, outside the US, you know, actually just add a few years onto this. Europe and, and, and U.S. are going to have this. Australia may be in, but if you're in the rest of the world, you're going to either need to find a site in Europe or um, or the U.S. Um, probably to get these, or else it's going to be a few, maybe probably a few more years before it gets to your country. Um, but you're still going to, you know, though, and you may be able to use the testing that uh, we provide. And we also may have a CLIA approved test by then um, out of our methylation testing. But regardless, you're going to go to your doctor, take your test, say, I have FSHD. Give me the goods, man. Give me the drug. Um, sign me up. And uh, that's what you're talking about, right? You're not talking about um, being in a clinical trial, having a clinical trial, having um, clinical trial data being evaluated. We're there already, right? When can you go to your doctor and get it? And you know what? got to tell you, those of you that keep asking, 2020. Now, I don't know, we're going to say by the end of 2000, you know, when can we start to see these things coming? Honestly, it looks like uh, 2026, 2020. Chip, chip may be much more realistic. But again, chip's not asking you for money. So 2026, 2027, other than lesmopamod. And again, you know what? Maybe the phase three for lesmopamod will turn around and um, show great benefit or and benefit however they're going to measure it and metric it. But um, maybe, maybe that'll be there. Let's hope it does. I, I honestly hope it does. I got nothing against Fulcrum. We helped them start the company. I was on their founder of their scientific advisory board. Um, not associated with them anymore. Not actually ever since they took Lesmopamod to trial, I've not been associated with them. Um, and like I said, I don't have any inside information on, on that. Um, we're hopeful, but outside of that, Man, it's going to be tough to make the timeline. But the key, what you got to remember, get your head around this. The timeline on a certain level isn't what's important, right? Is it most important to make a timeline? It is if you go into IPO. That's an initial That's an initial public offering. If you're trying to make money, your timeline really drives things, right? If you're really trying to cure the disease, I think we're really on the path. I think we, and I mean cure, okay? I understand the difference. You know, therapies and cures, we're on the path. I honestly think that we are, uh, that, you know, it's going to come. I mean, I know you keep hearing that and Brad always gives me all sorts of grief, two to three years, two to three years, you know, but, but we're learning at every set, even failed clinical trials. We learn so much, you know, whatever happens to Fulcrum, it does not matter on a certain level because we learned so they did such a, a, a great job as the first FSA, real FSHD clinical trial, how to enroll patients, how to, um, different ways to analyze efficacy, getting MRI going, getting all the sites up and running, the clinical trial research network um, managed by uh, Dr. Jeff Statland at uh, University of Kansas Medical Center and Dr. Robbie Turwill up at Rochester. Um, and then Nick Johnson over there at uh, uh, Virginia Commonwealth. Man, this is, you know, as the guys running this, this, you know, so much is in place now that wasn't there. And they got, we got so much benefit from the, even if there's, even if it's a total failure from the sense of the drug, um, it's a total success from getting things moving forward uh, to when things are going to work. And the first things often don't work. And when they do work, they aren't often the best thing, right? The first generation of any drug normally or any therapy is not often the best. Um, so don't get bent out of shape 2025. 
if we don't have something don't you know i know people like to have something to look forward to you want to mark off boxes on a calendar you get your little advent calendar you can have a giant ass advent calendar or whatever type of calendar for two years 352 days 13 hours and well now uh, actually it's down to 12 hours hey we're now we're closer um now we're closer to a cure all right so um so that's just kind of you know i don't want to dwell on it but that's just uh don't get hung up on uh these time frames and promises and things. And actually there's nothing wrong with having goals and, and hope and being hopeful, but you gotta be realistic. Okay. Because um, you guys are just going to tune everything out if we're not honest with you and we're going to be honest with you. All right. So um, I'm going to be back in a sec. Um, and uh, going to leave you with uh, <laughs> Kim Wilde, 1986. Boy, you know, uh, Tucker and I were driving home. Uh, we were driving home last night in the uh in the snow and freezing rain and this song came on the radio and i looked i said man this is perfect for the podcast and she's kind of listens yep absolutely this is perfect for today's podcast so check it out kim wilde 1986 you keep me hanging on love it
1986, Kim Wilde. Keep me, you keep me hanging on. That's right. Hey, but you know, you know, not to, I don't want to start out on a, on a negative note at all. I mean, just you know, truth is, real FSHD specific disease modifying therapies that are true therapy. You know, more than more than nutrition, more than exercise, um, things that actually get to the root cause of the disease. Um, these these are coming. They really are. Now, if you need a date promised, you know, whatever, um, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. Okay. They are coming. The field, this, this has been building for years. Uh, we understand the pathogenic mechanism. We understand that it's um, expression, misexpression of Dux4. We're not completely sure what that um, misexpression does. Um, we know it does a lot of things in the lab. We're not exactly sure what of those things leads to pathology, which is why Dux4, the gene silencing or mRNA targeting or protein inactivation are all the prime targets uh, for therapy because we're pretty confident that if we get rid of uh, Dux4 um, expression in uh, skeletal muscle, that that will be, have therapeutic benefit. Um, what is the nature of that benefit? It is possible that it will be just that we've stopped the destruction. Muscle is very regenerative. Uh, and so, you know, there's, you know, the more muscle you have when we stop the destruction, the greater the chance of uh, probably naturally regaining some strength and functionality. But, you know, you guys know yourselves. Some of you are missing muscles. Some of you have muscles just completely replaced with fat, fibrotic, you know, and, and not getting worse. Yeah, it's better than getting worse. But I honestly believe that we will be able to cure this as well. And by cure, I mean get back to a healthy state, recover your strength. Now that means that's not going to be, a, I doubt that's a one, one stop fix all step one is going to be stop the destruction and step two, um, induce the recovery. And there's a number and you know, both there's research going on for both of these, lots of things going on. If you want to say, what's the date, you know, <laughs> well, I'm not, I have no idea what date we're going to have muscle recovery back. Um, I'm not going to promise you anything. I'm gonna, I can't even promise you that it was coming. I, I understand the technology. I know what's out there, a lot of what's out there. You know what? And that's the other thing. There's a lot of stuff that none of, you know, there's a lot of stealth programs out there going on in um, muscle biology, muscle building technology, uh, stem cell technology. You know, people are working on it. this. You know, the second part of this is not an FSHD problem. It's a neuromuscular disease problem. It's an aging problem. Okay, it's an enormous problem. The first step, stop the destruction caused by Dux4. That's an FSHD-specific problem, which is why I like FSHD-specific therapies like the Antisense, like the CRISPR, CRISPR inhibition, um, uh, you know, drugs, small molecules that target uh, Dux4 gene expression, or, you know, like Alte Therapeutics, right? They're developing an, a, a small molecule that um, inactivates the Dux4 protein. You know, I mean, I don't know if it'll work, but I love, I love the idea, and they're a good, good group of guy uh, people working there. Um, so they, you know, there's a lot of approaches that are going to be FSHD specific for step part one, stop the destruction, target Dux4, and um, part two is going to be build back uh, the muscle, and that's again, I consider the the myostatin inhibition. Um, maybe that's going to be better applicable for um or more applicable for the second part build back after the destruction still i'm, I'm just not a huge fan of it ju just because um history has shown that it hasn't worked particularly well 
in uh, clinical trials, numerous clinical trials. But, you know, hey, again, keep tweaking the system. Uh, you know, and there's other technologies of boosting regeneration. Again, you know, your idea is you're bailing the boat out. The boat's got a hole in it and it's sinking and you're bailing out faster than than it's sinking. Um, some of this technology, uh, you know, maybe some of it will work uh, before fixing the, uh, before patching up the hole and, and stopping the destruction. Actually, we're working on some of that technology ourselves. You know, nothing, nothing wrong with it. Give it a try. Something, you know, but again, stop the destruction, then build back. Uh, and the build back um, part is the, uh, I mean, again, aging, aging is a muscle disease. The whole world, okay, I'm 53. I have a muscle disease of aging. Okay. It is the losing muscle mass. Okay. There's a lot of interest in the second part. And so I believe we're going to get there with the numerous, the multiple different ways of doing it. So um, I ain't going to promise you a date though. I'm not shaking you down for money. And, um, and, uh, I just believe that we're going to get there based on the science that I know. So I think we're going to get there. Don't know why. All right. So, um, second part of last, you know, thing I kind of want to talk about, you know, I got to tell you, one of the reasons, you know, the, the first week I didn't have a podcast because while well, we were out of power, family emergency, a lot of, a lot of stuff, you know, we found a whole bunch of classified documents in the basement of the house my mom was living in and, you know, of course, that's happening all over the, the country, evidently. Um, top secret, vice, desk of the vice president. Anyway, no one cares. Uh, so, uh, but, but the second week, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to, we're ready to get going. Everything's back up and running. But, you know, we just ran into kind of a different problem, a problem we've run into before. And this kind of gets to, well, it kind of gets to the whole idea of when are we going to have a cure? What's the therapy? You know, why is it taking so long? And, you know, it, it's just, it's interesting because, you know, I like uh, 80s movies, 80s music and things. And actually, I don't even, I better check before I, I know what's going on. If this, I don't even know if this is a, let me just check real quick. Is this a 80s movie? Holy cow, it's a 90s movie. 1995 Braveheart. Okay, boy, God, it seems like it would be 80s. But, um, you know, Braveheart, actually, you know, I, I, I like the I like movies that are about passion. Okay. And my, my favorite movie of all time is Cinema Paradiso. Um, other movies I love, um, like Water for Chocolate, uh, Chocolate, uh, anything with Julia Pinoche or Catherine Deneuve. Um, uh, favorite uh, um, uh, performers. Um, Indochine, love Indochine. Um, uh, Emerald Forest. Yeah, I'm definitely dating myself. You don't know any of these movies. Um, but movies that are about um, people's um, having um, tremendous passion driving them and stuff. And, and Zemi Braveheart is, is in some ways about that. And, uh, and, but the reason I bring that up is because, you know, we, I told you we've made this pig model. And uh, we're making this mini pig model of FSHD, which some people saw no value in. And I look at it as it's important for both parts for getting therapy. It's important for properly understanding if you've shut down the destruction on a, in a system similar to a person, similar to you, right? A 35 kilogram mini pig versus you is, you know, that muscular similar, the, the, distri the bio distribution of the therapeutics throughout this, the circulatory system. There's so much, you are so much like a pig, much more than a pig than a mouse. I don't know if that makes you happy or not. Um, but it's just, it's just such a, uh, 
important thing from that perspective, but also for this build back, you know, this re muscle replacement technology. I mean, you look at something, you know, and, and this drives me nuts because there are people doing 3D printing of muscles. They say, hey, look, we can 3D print a muscle. Yeah, it's a millimeter. Uh, it's a millimeter log and a few microns in uh, diameter, you know, but it's a muscle. Okay. Yeah. Put that into, and they put it into a, the toe of a mouse. Hey, look, we can make something that kind of sort of works. Um, yeah, great. Um, you know, let's see you put it into a person, right? That's right. They can do that same thing for you. Give you a millimeter of muscle. Um, it doesn't scale, right? What we need is technology that scales. You need to have a system to test this technology that scales. And then you have to be able to assess that it's working. And that to me was one of the great values of the mini pig models for FSHD, the very FSHD like so far that we've been looking at. And, um, and that is, you know, to test this technology, give a, you know, induce the FSHD like pathology in the pig. We put in the human duct spore gene and put in the human FSHD regions, put it under various types of regulation, and they develop remarkably FSHD like musculature, at least on preliminary examination by histology and by some testing. And so, but again, you know, we're just still in the early stages of characterizing these. And what we really need is MRI on the pigs. That's really what we need because, you know, for two reasons. One, it's the best way to assess uh, muscle integrity and muscle, you know, if, if these things are working. You know, are we actually growing healthy muscle? We don't have to sacrifice the pig. You could do whole model, whole body MRI, see what's going on. Um, this is the same thing they're doing with you. If you're in a clinical trial, you're in the fulcrum trial, they're going to do MRI, give you the, give you lesmopamod, then do MRI a year later and see how you're doing, you know, um, that's what you want to go to the FDA with. You want to go to the FDA and say, hey, here's our model system. Here's our preclinical data, our IND enabling data. Um, it's the same as what we're going to do in the clinical trial. We did MRI in the pig. We've done MRI in the person. We're going to do MRI in the person. This is what we expect to see. You know, this would be really important kind of characterization. And everyone really agrees on this. But, you know, history repeats itself. And, you know, uh, you know, back a few years ago, if you've heard some earlier podcasts, you know about our FSHD um, like mouse model that we had so much trouble making. That's where we got the idea of the book War. Um, you know, the uh, um, we couldn't get funding for the mouse. And the one of the arguments made by, you know, essentially by David Hausman, who was head of the um, SAB for the FSHD Society, was we couldn't be trusted. You know, they're not going to fund our mouse because we couldn't be trusted to distribute this freely among the community and uh um you know whatever feels like you know no you know he should be in charge of the mouse model and make sure it gets used properly okay so i believe and i think that's very true that that's actually exactly the opposite of the truth in my opinion okay i think that what the reason that they didn't want to fund the model was not because they didn't believe we would make it freely available. It was because they did believe that we would make it freely available, and that's not what they wanted. I don't think that's what... What they wanted was to have control of the mouse model, and then they could monetize it and decide who was going to have access to the mouse model. That's exactly who's in charge of it. You decide who. And people on the SAB have their own um, uh, conflicts of interest and commercial interests and their own favorite... 
uh, biotech companies or pharma companies, and they were going to control access to the model. So, so they said, oh, we can't trust the Joneses. They're going to they're gonna hold it for themselves. We can't trust them to give it away to everybody. Um, well, actually, we did give it away to everybody. We put it in Jackson Labs two years before we were published, and everybody in the world is able to use it. We don't make a penny off of it. We didn't patent it. We don't get a license fee. We get nothing. We we killed ourselves making this, characterizing this model, making this model, and making it available to everybody. But they wouldn't support us. And I, I personally believe that the reason is because they wanted to control it. Okay, not he wanted to control who got it, not to make it freely available to everybody. And so we got it done anyway. But you know what? It added a year to the timeline. Why does stuff take so long? Because um, you know, people that could help aren't as helpful. Right. So it actually we had to it um extended how long it took because we had to find funding. Thank God uh, Jennifer Burgess and Chris Carino came through and funded the mouse. And now we have the Flex Explorer mouse model. Okay. Um, and you see in other instances of this happening. You think this would all be behind you, okay? Well, we've developed this mini pig model, okay? And don't worry, I get to brave heart. <laughs> we we developed this mini pig model um that nobody would help us with. Um, the field wouldn't do it. No one would do it. Said, screw it. We're just going to make the pig. We, you know, it took us uh, about a year to gather up the funding for the pigs, and we got it all from independent, uh, mostly directly from patients. Actually, most of it was direct patient donations, um, which you can do. You can donate directly to to our lab or to any lab, all actually. But also, um, FSHD Canada came in, FSHD Global came in, the Chris Crane Foundation came in. So there was some foundational support. Um, Okay, so we're making the models. Okay, so we think things are good. People, you know, we're able to convince. Still kind of, you know, <laughs> it's expensive, it's tough. Uh, again, all that money goes to the company that's making the model. We didn't really secure money for making, for characterizing the model, which is being done by Takako in our lab. My, my wife, Takako, doing all the characterization. Um, and we're paying the company to do some of the, the characterization. Uh we don't have a big grant. So the, we have to fund this off of direct donations to our lab, but also fund it off of um, the endowed endowment that, you know, I'm the Mick Hitchcock PhD endowed chair of medical biochemistry. So I get some money and I pay for that. Same money I used to pay for the uh, no cost diagnostic. Okay. So anyway, we're running along. So we're able to get this going. Kind of, essentially, it doesn't sound like it's a multi-million dollar project, but we're on a shoestring budget to get this characterized. But, you know, we came to realize that, boy, we really need MRI because for the, you know, in, in talking with the guys that are doing the muscle building, the guys that are doing um, stem cell treatment, muscle replacement, you know, to, to, to how to, you know, the second part, let's, let's get your strength back. You know, we're really going to assess this by longitudinal MRI. You're just going to need to run the pigs through a whole, whole body MRI, um, you know, every month or every few weeks, you know, and just see how this stuff is working. You can't be biopsying in them. You can't sacrifice them. You just basically need to get a natural history of the disease by MRI and then see how, how these molecules, scaffold, whatever, whatever it is you're putting in, stem cells, uh, how it all works and how the muscle recovers. So you got to do this by MRI. Okay. Everyone agrees this is, needs to be done. All right. Should be simple. Nope. 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 Okay. What we have come to realize, we were told multiple times, oh yeah, slam dunk, slam dunk, going to be funded, going to be funded. No problem. No problem. We got the MRI lined up. We got installation lined up. We got everything lined up. It's about a $850,000 project to get this going for unlimited MRI um, on site for the pigs. 
um, we can just we can really just crank this out. Any, anybody using the pigs would be able to use it. Part of it would be just the best characterization of the model, best use of the model, and the best way to assess if any therapeutic is working in the pigs. Complete agreement. This is the this is a great thing that needs to be done. You know, and here we are in, uh, in you know, it's going nowhere. It's going absolutely nowhere. And why, you know, and I was thinking the other day, I was, I don't know where, I probably because on TV all the time, Braveheart. But, you know, the scene, you know how, um, you know, it's William Wallace's character, you know, played by uh, Mel Gibson. And, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, they've gone through battle after battle, free Scotland. And yet, you know, the Scottish lords never support them. They're never on their side. And these are the guys who are going to be in charge of Scotland. Right? And I don't know, don't give me on historical accuracy. I don't care about historical accuracy. I just take the movie for what it is. And the idea being, you know, the guy, the lords are still going to be the guys in charge of Scotland um, if it's free. So actually they have a lot to benefit, but they also have a lot to lose, I guess, because they like the status quo, the status quo of feeding off uh you know, the English king's tit and uh, thinking that that's actually pretty good for them, too. So they also have a lot to lose. Um, but, you know, they keep saying they're going to support them, keep saying they're going to support them. They never do. When, when push comes to shove, you know, um, you know, uh, the the rebels are out there and freedom fighters are out there giving their lives, giving everything they got for freedom. And then you realize that um, these guys that are supposed to be partnering with you, they're actually against you. You know, and there's this scene, uh, you know, where um, the guy, uh, you know, the the King of England's on the battlefield at the end, kind of a penultimate battle scene, and um, the big battle's going on, and the Scots are getting wiped out, and uh, the the little knight sitting next to the king goes to chase down on William um, William Wallace's character, William Wallace, and they they get together, and and Wallace pulls off the pulls off the um, the helmet off the knight and realizes it's uh, Earl the Bruce, the guy who's supposed to be partnering with him to lead Scotland to independence. The guy who's supposed to be on his side, the guy he's confided in, is actually on the other side. He's actually fighting with England to help England. And I bring that up because that's actually that's actually what we how what I felt like. Um, uh, this past week, when we finally realized that here we are, we're killing ourselves trying to get this pig model made. We're trying to get it so it can be given to everybody in the field, so that every biotech out there, every pharma, every academic lab out there has an outstanding model to test their therapy, to do the best thing you can do for the FSHD field and and help the patient community. Um, we're not making any money on it. We're actually losing money. We're losing time. Um, we, we honestly don't even have a pig grant. We got nothing. Um, thank God Neil Camardo just came through with FSHC Canada. Finally, he gave us a hundred grand to, um, uh, to kind of stem the flow in the lab and, and allow us to do some stuff, but we're, we're trying to get this done. And then we suddenly realized all these people telling us we got to get this done, that they're going to fund us. This is going to go, you know what? They all had their scheming behind, behind the scenes to try to, strangle us financially and take it away from us, right? We can't be trusted with the pig. You know, this valuable house, too, too valuable. We we got to make sure that this becomes available to everybody. And the best way, well, we can't trust the Joneses just because they did that with the mouse model, just because they did that with the cell line, just because they did that with the xenograph model. How can we, you know, just because they're making new cell lines um, to get around the restrictions put up by these people that work with the foundations, uh, you know, they still can't be trusted to do this. The only people who can be trusted to do this 
are are my friend, you know, these other people think that they're friends who are starting a, a company in Seattle called SolveX, um, independent company. It's a for-profit company started by um, uh, some academic researchers. They're friends with um, executive director of Solve, um, FSHD, and they've decided that they are the people who need to take charge of the pig project. And they are the people who will make sure that it gets done, you know, is good for everybody. You know, I mean... What, and it's exactly, it's history is repeating itself. It's the same damn thing. They want to take it over and they want to be in charge of it so that they can restrict, I guarantee you it is so that they can, um, we know they're monetizing it and it will be favoritism to the companies and the biotech and the academics that they want. And this, this is not to make it freely for everybody. This will be to restrict its use. It'll be more valuable the more restricted it is. And the reason they want to take it away is exactly the opposite of the reason they're saying. Um, uh, it sure as hell ain't because they're experts in any of this stuff. And they're trying to strangle us financially. And you just realize that, you know, these people that are supposed to be on your side, supposed to be helping you out. You know, money, you know, money gets in the in there and man, they're just screwing you in a second, which means they're screwing you and they don't care. And it really, you know, I, just, I honestly, I've, I, again, you know me, I get angry. And let me tell you, I got angry. I let them know what I thought. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's just, I, I honestly, it's, we'll see if we ever get, you know, we're going to go, we're, we're going to do what we always do though. You know what? We're going, we will figure out a way to get the money we need to get MRI on the mini pigs. Um, we will get it done and we will make it the best damn model there ever is for neuromuscular disease. It'll be characterized in a fantastic way and everybody, everybody will be able to use it, um, to test their therapeutics companies academics, biotech, pharma, people building back muscle, everybody. We're going to make that. We're going to make this into the best model and the best CRO. We're not going to get a dime for doing it. Um, but it's kind of funny. I think what they don't realize, I think that these people, um, it's constantly run by people who are just driven strictly by money and they just can't comprehend that not everybody's like that. And I don't want to sound like we're like some sort of angels or anything. Like I'm driven by different things. You know, you know what I value? I value sticking it to these a-holes. Um, that's what I, that's what, that's what I like. I'm um, doing the right thing. That That's what gets me going. And, uh, and so, um, <laughs> you know, the unfortunate thing is it's just adding time onto this. I guess the alternative would be we could bend over, kiss their rings, which is what everybody else is doing. Um, turn over the pigs. You know what though? It wouldn't be faster. It wouldn't be done better, and it would ultimately be worse. Because actually, I could suck it up. I could actually suck it up and say, fine, we, we killed ourselves. We made this model. Um, but you know what? It would be better if you guys took over. I, I'd, be, I'd do that in a second if I actually thought it would be better, but it wouldn't be. I don't trust these people. Um, I, you know, they're, I'll get 100% in it for the money. Um, don't give a damn about anyone with FSHD, including um, the, the people that seem to be running this these things. Um, and, uh, and the hell with them, you know? Um, so we're going to get it done. We're going to, but you know what? It's going to, it's going to add some time to it. Um, because and I've already started talking to people about funding. I've, I've rounded up a hundred thousand dollars already. Um, I've been at it for a week if I can do that. Um, but we're going to get the money for the MRI for the pigs. Um, and we're going to make damn sure that these are available to everybody so that the best therapy gets to you. The best muscle building technology gets to you. Not just the one that's, that's the favorite, uh, uh, you know, best friends with the director, not one that's just, um, you know, the, the best at sucking up or the best of whatever they do. Um, Christ, I want to get into that. Um, 
Anyway, it just drove drives me nuts, you know. But again, it always goes back to these. You just realize that, boy, I'll eventually, you know, you, when you realize the people that are standing next to you, telling, you know, when the um, saying, yeah, yeah, let's get this done. This will be great. This will be great. And then when the battle starts, they're on the other side trying to screw you and get everything for themselves. Don't give a damn about uh, the community. It just it's just pissing me off. Um, should piss you off too. Um, anyway. All right, I don't want to start the year on a piss off. I guess to me it's still a happy note because you know what? The, our history has said, you know, history repeats itself. And if that's good news, because it means we're going to get it done because we always do. And you know what? We know who we're working with. We got some fantastic people that we're working with on the pig project. Um, it's not just us. We're not that arrogant to think we're the only people need to work on it. We're working with uh, Stephen Tapscott at the Fred Hutch Cancer Center. Fantastic researcher. He's doing work with us. We're working with Silver Vandermeer in Leiden Medical Center. I'm working with Seth Friedman and uh, Seattle Children's Hospital on the MRI. Then all the fantastic guys at Prestigen Exemplar are, are working with us. And we got a few other people that will come on board to do it, um, mainly driven by Takako. And, uh, and so we're going to get it done. But, uh, you know, kind of on the thing, you know, people are promising you dates on when you're going to have a cure, when you're going to have therapy. Yet some of these people are the people standing in the way. I don't know, man. They ought to, maybe they ought to listen to their own uh their own uh, sales pitches. Anyway, we're out of here. It's, uh, um, you know, Arsenal's now. We got the North North London Derby tomorrow. You know, Arsenal's going to, man, United somehow pulled one out um, over, over City um, this morning. Man, we got to see Arsenal come on and, and stick it to Spurs. And then, then we're rolling on a good new year. Stay on top of the table. Hey, but all of you out there, whatever you're interested in, whatever you're doing, I'm telling you, people are fighting for you. A lot of people, you know, again, a lot of it's, it's going to be a good year. All of this said, it's going to be a good year. Things are moving. Everything's, in my opinion, trending. You know, we're learning even from the failures. And we sure as hell are learning who's not on our side, I'll tell you that. Um, but we're also learning who's on our side, which is a lot of people. And hopefully all of you are on our side too, you know. Um, <laughs> I tell you, I have a complicated family. I do. Oh, yeah, before I forget, shout out. Happy birthday to my kiddo, Jenny, in Portland. Love you. Um, you know, it's, uh, missed another birthday, but you know, Hey, it's a tradition. Um, and, uh, you know, I got, uh, mom and the other moms in living with us right now. We're going to make sure she's doing okay. And, uh, uh, we're going to have finish off our Saturday. Hope you have a great, um, we can hope you hope this is a great year for y'all too. And stick with us in my FSHD, man. This is season two. We're rolling. Um, we got Jaggers kind of working on some new intros and exits for us. Uh, let me know what you think. And, uh, hey, um, keep it going, man, everybody. All right. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the MyFSHD podcast, where we share with you the latest news and information on FSHD as we strive for a cure. Do you have a question for Peter? He'd love to hear from you. You can reach him at peterjones at med.unr.edu. Thank you for listening, and join us again next time for more news and information. 